If we're asking for certainty, which we are, where does one find it? In another human being? In an occupation? In a bank account? Where? Conflict only exists when there's separation, when there's a division between a challenge and our response. Kindness is a pathless journey. Love is a pathless journey. We can't technique our way into these spaces. This is the Anonymous Creativity Podcast. On the one hand, we assume our comparing is just what humans do. It's part of our life. And we simply accept this. On the other, this comparing is, and always has been, rooted in fear. Hello. And welcome to episode two of Anonymous Creativity. Each weekly episode in this season is based on universal themes such as self-knowledge, comparison, security, conditioning, knowledge, and happiness. This week's episode on comparison is entitled, Can We Live Without Comparison? Can we live our life without comparing ourselves to anyone? What does it even mean to compare? Doesn't it mean to, to become that? I am this and I wish to become that or I wish to not become that. Some, something over there. Comparing becomes a measurement of time, doesn't it? But to get to the roots of a question like this, which is a very important question, I think. A very deep question that one has to go into fully. One has to go into very seriously. It can't be a just in passing or from a, a mediocre curiosity. But it's a question that very few of us ask, let alone dig b- beneath the surface. So we need to start slowly, move hesitantly, because it's so easy to get swept away with our with our conditioned way of perceiving the world. All of our conditioned answers from books and schooling, from religions and spirituality, from you know cultures and nationalities, economically and politically, all I'm asking that we do, if you're going on this journey with me, is to observe when and if these knee-jerk reactions come up in you, to notice them to notice them as we investigate this together now. So I think on the one hand, we assume our comparing is just what humans do. It's just part of life. And I see many of us just accept that. I used to accept it myself until I started to question it, until I started to probe it, until I started to inquire And what I found was, on the other hand, I think a a lot of our comparing, if not all of it, is rooted in fear. And in this constant seeking of pleasure versus pain, we've essentially shut out facing and experiencing what is uncomfortable. And we're constantly searching and seeking for 
the opposite, its opposite, which causes separation, which causes division. A life that is full of comfort and ease. Culturally, that's that's what the end result is. You make it to a point and then you can finally relax. Well, on the journey, what are some things that can make that more comfortable? Where I don't have to face anything that challenges my foundation. My foundation that's based in a conditioned mind. So let's go into this. When I compare myself with someone else, no matter how it is, ideologically, psychologically, or even physically, there is a desire to become that. And with that, there is a fear that I may never accomplish what I set out to achieve. So where there is comparison, fear is also present. And so I ask again, is it possible to live our life without comparing ourselves to anyone? I mean, think about the number of times in a day we're comparing ourselves with others. Constantly measuring ourselves with, without, in, without inquiring more deeply into it. And this way of life, we accept this. Let's say I, if I want to become happier or experience more happiness in my life, I'll find someone else who compared to, to my life is happier. And this person becomes the hero. This person becomes the guide. This person becomes the guru. This person becomes the teacher, someone who we idolize and who inspires and with this combination of things that we have projected in our mind about this person, me not knowing about happiness, or this is what I'm telling myself, I don't know about happiness, and this expert, or whatever title you want to give this person, knows all. So now I have something to measure my progress against. So I have something to gauge. And this measurement is, we call it growth. We call it our evolution. We call it progress. And that word progress, I find really interesting because I was told its original meaning was to enter an enemy's territory fully armed. And that makes sense because there's an element of violence guised as progress or growth or evolution, isn't there? We've created a self somewhere in the future that will eventually become something or someone that, that we desire. And desire leads to comparison. Comparison leads to competition. Competition leads to violence. Fear. Fear because there's that chance that we may not become what we set out to be. So what's the solution? The brain escapes having to look at the world as it is, to look at ourselves as we are. The two not being separate though. We stop noticing our daily interactions in and out of our relationships, which are the key, which is the key to understanding and knowing ourselves. Relationships are life. Life is relationships. 
but on a daily, consistently, consciously or unconsciously, we place these relationships to the side. We tell ourselves we'll come back to them when we've achieved, when we've accomplished, when we've succeeded. We're all so very hopeful, but hopeful for what? We hope to be seen, we hope to be validated. There's security in it, right? There's safety. We hope to be somebody, and we're conditioned to believe that there's power in being somebody. My brain loves power because there's safety in this illusion of power. And the brain needs security to function. And it's through this security, however dysfunctional, we find sanity in the madhouse with which we currently live. We've escaped into our becomings, our somebodies, this desire to be seen, which is why we compare. It allows us to turn our back on what is actually happening outwardly in the world as it is. And it keeps us believing that these horrific worldly events have nothing to do with us. We're separate from all of it. But deep down, we know this isn't true. That the violence in the world is the violence within us. We can go on living with our goals and with our ambitions and being somebody. We remain like, like isolated little islands only looking out for our own interests, which is currently how we're living, right? Or we can face what is. We can acknowledge what is. We can understand or, or begin the process or not even process, but we can attempt to understand why we compare with such ferocity that the way we do. And just begin to question it without needing an answer per se. Just investigate it. And not, and not be bogged down by saying, I don't have time. I'm too busy. There's more important things to be done. So if this constant comparing, this constant measuring doesn't exist, can I live my daily life? Like if I stopped comparing, is living life still possible? Can I truly live without the need to control? Essentially, that's what we're doing when we compare, isn't it? We're trying to or attempting to control the path that we're going down in life when we set goals, when we have... desires uh, it's always somewhere out there right and to get there we bring in outer disciplines outer methods processes so is it possible to live without comparing is it possible to live without controlling I think it is possible but everything in our society everything culturally supports this comparison mentality all the schooling all the the you know religions economically Socially, culturally, we begin so early in life. This is hammered into our brains. 
And from a very young age, we carry this heavy burden. We drag it through most of our adulthood, if not our entire life. And this is how we know ourselves. We find security in carrying this baggage, this brutality of existence, with, with tiny, small pockets of joy because it's what we know. It's what we've always done. And I wonder, I wonder what happiness, or I wonder what, what happens when we stop comparing, though. I wonder what happens when we stop comparing, though. Does it mean I stop knowing myself? I think it does. And that's a scary place for most people, no doubt, because although I'm maybe free of this burden of comparing and controlling, it also means that I don't know who I am anymore. But it's from here we have to start investigating. We mustn't start investigating. We can't start at any other place. We start from this, I don't know who I am, but I'm going to find out by observing, becoming aware of my interactions, my relationships with others. Direct mirrors and reflections of who we are. And from here, we begin to question whether we can live our life without any control, without any comparison, which doesn't mean that we just do whatever we want, which is what we've been doing and are doing currently anyhow, but to actually live without a single direction. When we attempt to direct our lives, we're attempting to control them, aren't we? So to live without any control, to live without any comparison demands skill and action, meaning an active form of meditation. Meditation meaning an emptying of the contents of the mind. A seeing the conditioning. And by and through this seeing, it dissolves. There's the possibility of it dissolving. To understand where and how our minds have created this me through thought through knowledge, experiences, memories. So can we live in this skill in action? Can we live in this act of meditation? Of of Noticing it, observing it, being aware of it while living it in real time, moment to moment. This is, this is meditation. You don't need to sit in a corner, in a dark room, attempting to focus on a candle, attempting to focus on an image, attempting to focus on a future, attempting to focus control thoughts. Not the ability, the, the ability to control the mind. The ability to control and direct thoughts. 
the ability to sit still for 10, 20, 60, 90 minutes in a specific position, in a specific place to a specific God. It's unnecessary. And with these behaviors, again, we're attempting to control an outcome from doing very specific processes and very specific methods that have been passed down and passed down and passed down. And you may say, yeah, that's the whole point. They've been passed down generation after generation. These are powerful. These are what's always been done. And all I'm doing is questioning, why has it always been done? What was the purpose in in doing these things? What was the purpose? What were these people in passing all these ancient techniques and methods and, and, and musts and have-to-dos? What were they hoping to see? What answers were they hoping to, to find? So to be aware of, to observe every interaction, every relationship, every condition, behavior, and belief, and so on, on a daily basis, not just when we feel like it, is skill in action. And this is an art to be learned. And within the very learning of it is its own discipline. We don't need to bring in an outside discipline to this question which implies that we're directing, we're controlling. It's in our very observation of how to live without control, without comparison, that brings with it its own order, 